0: I probably should have just told you to keep standing. Can I have you stand one more time? I know you're like, oh, my Lord. Go with me to Matthew. I want to go back to Matthew. Matthew chapter 14. I feel like I got a word today. I got three people in agreement. I still feel like I got a word today. Come on, don't get in in, uh, holiday mode yet. Let's, 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 Let's just work on it today. Amen. Matthew. Chapter 14, verse number 22, Jesus speaking here, and immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. And after he sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray, and when it was evening, he was there alone, and the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. With the disciples. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, Is it a ghost? And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter said to him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water And Jesus said, and he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat, and he walked on the water, and he came towards Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, and he took a hold of him and said to him, you little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are certainly God's son. A couple of things I want you to notice here just before we pray. I mean, they already knew that Jesus was the son of God. They already knew that. They already knew this. But there are times in our life when Jesus will expose us to a different dimension. He'll expose us to a different encounter because Jesus wants to increase our understanding and our experience of who He is in our lives. So He will expose Himself in a dimension that they have never seen. By God's grace, you and I are invited into impossible moments so that we can know Him on a deeper level. They already knew he was the son of God. But Jesus was exposing himself to a deeper level. And sometimes it's the problems around us. It's the circumstances around us. How many of the disciples couldn't do nothing about the wind and the waves? They appear. But how they responded to the winds and the waves creates a deepened desire on how much they can put their hope and their trust and their confidence in the one who's able to deliver them. Amen. And I just believe in this building today. We started it last week. We, let me just read that text to you one more time. And Peter said to him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And Peter got out of the boat, and he walked on water. I'm saying to us in this house today, God is inviting everyone under the sound of my voice Into a realm of impossibilities. where you just push on about three people and tell them this ain't normal? Come on, just tell them. This ain't normal. I need you to stir it up with me in the house. That's what we're talking about today. This ain't normal. This is not normal. This is not normal. God's taking you into places that's going to deepen your desire for him. Where you can't explain it. You can't articulate it. You just know he did it. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you this morning for what you're going to do. Thank you for those that have gathered, those that are listening by way of social media, radio, any platform that we have out there. Lord, we thank you today that hearts will be open, ears will be open. Holy Spirit, you're the preacher, the teacher, you're the revelator, the revealer of all truth. Thank you today for what you're going to do in the hearts and lives of the people. And Lord, we give you all the praise and the glory. Lord, we thank you today that today is a day where you begin to move us to a deeper level in you. We give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen. And amen and amen amen. We're going to pray for some folks at the end of the service with our ordination. So we've got some things going on. So just camp out with me for a few minutes. Amen. Hallelujah. 2,000 years ago when Jesus... Arrived on this planet, he came to build his church. He came to build, the Greek word for church is the word ecclesia. He came to build a ruling, governing body of believers. When Jesus arrived on this planet 2,000 years ago, he came to build a community of believers who would be found in the earth exercising their faith both privately and publicly. That's what he came to do. He came to build, to establish the church, to establish the kingdom of God, and to build a community of believers who would operate in that kingdom that has been established by him in the earth, and they would be found working and operating in their faith privately and publicly. It's a community of people that would, would release their faith into a fallen world and to give evidence to that fallen world that a superior kingdom is at hand. In fact, Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 12, somewhere around verse 28, 29, and 30, Jesus said when, the, when they brought a man that was uh, mute and deaf to him, Jesus said, if I cast this demon out of him, you're going to know that the kingdom of God has come. And and then he goes on to say, because a house divided against itself cannot stand. Of course, we know the story. He cast the spirit out, the demon out of that, that man, and Jesus was establishing and let everybody know that at this moment, the kingdom of heaven is not coming, it's here. It's not on its way, it's present. And so... It's the superior kingdom. Somebody shout, it's the superior kingdom. So you and I don't live in a lesser kingdom. We live in a superior kingdom. When you became born again, you were transferred out of the domain of darkness and into his marvelous light. You were, t- you were, you were transferred out of a world that has limitations to a world that does not understand limitations. And so on four different occasions throughout Scripture, just a little bit more teaching here to keep building that foundation I want to make sure we get to where we're going. On four different occasions in scriptures, we learn where the Bible teaches us that the just or the righteous ones live by faith. We live by faith, indicating to us that faith is not an event. Faith is not a church service. Faith is not a theory. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is not a school of thought or a one-time experience. I like to say it this way. Faith is an attitude. Faith is a behavior. Faith is a lifestyle. Faith is not something that possesses me only. It's something that I possess. Faith is something that in Him we live and move and have our being. So faith is this understanding of a lifestyle that I don't just live in faith when everything's going good. But I've learned to live in faith when I don't understand everything that's not going good. So faith puts me in the arena where I can believe God beyond the existing evidence of my circumstances. Faith puts me in the arena because the just shall live by faith. That means there's no deviation in my walk with God. That means I'm going to trust God come hell or high water. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust God Live or die, sink or swim, I'm going to trust him. Job said it of old. He said, he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. There has to come a point in time in every believer's life when, when you don't understand the evidence that's against you, when you don't understand the moment that you're in, But there is this thing about you. Let me call it the way I feel it. There's this attitude about you that says, I'm going to trust God no matter what it looks like out there because the one that resides on the inside, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So you get to that place where there's all kinds of evidence of things that are not good and you get wrong reports and you get contrary winds and you get waves that are beating against your life. But sooner or later, you got to get the resolve in your heart that if God is giving me permission to live like there's no limitations, then I'm not going to put self-imposed limitations on the kingdom of God. Because Jesus said, if I cast this devil out, you're going to know that something superior has arrived on the planet. And I don't know about you, but everything the devil has is, is inferior to the superior kingdom of God. Push on somebody real good and tell them this ain't normal now. This ain't normal. We're going to get somewhere in a minute. This is not normal. This is not normal. Therefore, my faith, my faith in God, it's not a theory. It's not an emotion. My faith in God is always intact. Watch this now. This is going to help somebody because my faith don't belong in the realm of the emotions. We got too many emotional people. (laughs) We're living in a culture today where everybody's offended. Everybody's upset. I'm like, really? We used to make fun of that stuff. (laughs) I'm not saying it was right, but we did it. (laughs) Now, everybody is offended because everybody is so emotional. I can get excited about it, I can even get emotional about my faith, but my faith is not based on emotions, because my faith can work when my emotions are hurt, (laughs) my faith will still produce when I'm hurt. Your emotions are the most unstable part about your life. Your emotions are about as fickle as the weather. (laughs) You could have come in here broke, busted, and disgusted, mad and upset and offended. I could have wrote you a check for a million dollars. You'd have walked out here happy and blessed. And ain't none of your circumstances changed other than you got an emotional check to relieve the temporary pain. But you're going to go right back into a world that has not relieved you of that pain. And if you live your life like this, you're always going to be up and down, up and down, and you're going to be suicidal. You're going to be schizophrenic before the day's over with. Amen. So our faith is not bound to the world of our emotions. This is important for this, this, this generation of believers to get, especially the younger generation. Because there's going to be times in your life when you're not going to feel like it. How many of you have ever said that? Man, I just don't feel like it. Let's just break it down just to a church setting. Well, I don't feel like going. Well, it's not about your feelings. I remember when our girls were being raised, I, they would tell us, I don't feel like going to school. That, that, that don't matter. It's not an option. Some of you look at me like, wow. I'm looking at you like, wow. <laughs> well, I don't feel like going to church today. I don't feel like worshiping God today. And, and, and we, we put that on God based on what we are temporary going through because it's an emotional response to a circumstance that you cannot manipulate or control. So our emotional realm Is stimulated by the evidence of what we're walking through. And sooner or later, you got to go a little deeper. Come on, push on somebody and tell them you got to go a little deeper. Sooner or later, you got to go down into the realm of your spirit. Because your your emotional realm is solical. Faith is of the spirit. God, God, God has given us the same. 2 Corinthians 4, 13, the same spirit of faith. We had the same spirit of faith that Jesus walked in. I'm gonna, y'all going to catch me in a minute. We, we, we had the ability to say, I believe, therefore I speak, just like Jesus did. So you get to that place that in spite of what I feel like, in spite of what I'm going through, In spite of what my circumstances are dictating, I get to the place in my life where I'm not bound by the way I feel, but I'm bound by what I believe. And at the end of the day, I'm just going to believe God. I'm just going to trust God when bad news come I'm going to trust God when I can't control the winds I'm going to trust God when I can't control my circumstances I'm going to trust God you can be dropped down in the middle of Babylon come on Daniel and you still don't have to bow your knee come on Shadrach Meshach and Abednego you don't have to give in to a cultural demand that makes you respond out of your emotions when you have the same spirit of faith the Bible says the same spirit of faith that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that will quicken your mortal body. This ain't normal stuff right here. I'm telling you, this ain't normal. This ain't normal. So faith doesn't belong to the realm of my emotions. And here's another one. Faith doesn't belong to the realm of logic or rationale. (laughs) My mind doesn't have to understand it in order for God to work through it. In fact, until your mind becomes renewed, your mind will talk you out of what the Word says. That's why the Bible says you got to renew your mind, Romans 12, so that you can prove what is the acceptable will of God for your life. You don't know what the will of God is for your life until your mind gets renewed. Until your mind gets renewed, you think like you were when you were brought out of the world. So you got to go through the process of renewing your mind because how you know that your faith, your faith, can only develop to the level of your word life, and you can't renew your mind when you avoid the word. <laughs> I can't find no help in here. But I want to push on just a little bit. That, that's that's why you got to be a student of the word. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. No, God's no, not calling you to be a preacher. He's calling to get your mind in line with your spirit. Because your spirit is always on. Your spirit is 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Even in your night seasons, your spirit is still working on your behalf. So you get your mind renewed. You get your mind in alignment with the Word of God. So when you have contrary winds, when you have waves that are beating against you, you're not moved by the momentary circumstances. There's people in here believing God for healings. We are too. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. We got some news last night. We're going to pray for this this gentleman here at the end of the service and some boys in Belglade. There's all kinds of contrary reports. Got a good report on Wayne Haskew. He's totally free. He is 100% healed. There ain't nothing going on. There ain't nothing going on. It's all done. Amen. Amen, amen, and Nancy would be the first to tell you, boy, when they first got that news, man, there was a mind battle that began to rest their hearts, and they just, and Nancy, Nancy and I were talking, she said, it's just a battle of the mind, and you have to, you have to will yourself into the things of God, you have to will yourself into the promises of God, if not, your mind, your mind will talk you out of what the word has declared. You have to will yourself into it. You have to to speak to yourself, even if you got to get up and look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, you're going to respond to the word of the Lord. I know the evidence is contrary, but this is what God has said. This is what God has declared. And I choose to believe the report of the Lord. Choose to stand in the midst of my uncontrollable foreseen circumstances. Say, I... Believe God. Hmm. I believe God. I believe God. Because faith is beyond intellect. You can have more degrees than a thermometer. You could be the smartest one in the building and still not operate in the things of God. Amen. I mean, uh, there's something more powerful than Google. It's called the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost knows it all. (laughs) If Google can't get it, he can. Google can't get a cure for cancer, but the Holy Ghost knows where the chief intercessor is who's always interceding on our behalf, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my goodness. So you get to that place where you just begin to say, you know what? This ain't normal, but I believe God. It's the ability. That's what faith is. I'm about to preach in a minute. Y'all still here? Only got a few minutes left. Faith is the ability to believe. It's that invisible confidence within you that something exists other than what you presently see. That's what faith is. Faith is the ability to believe. The one thing that God has given every human being on the planet that he has given no other creature alive is the ability to believe. You can't even get saved without believing. And God has built into every man born under the son of God. Every man born, every man born has been given the, the, a measure of faith. God has given us a measure of faith. You can't be born again without faith, but once you become born again, now that faith gives you access to a realm. It's not just about having your sins forgiven, although that is very important, but it's more than that. It's learning how to walk in deliverance. It's learning how to walk in freedom. It's learning how to walk in breakthrough. It's learning how to break chains and cycles. It's learning how to break curses over your life where you begin to walk into a realm that's not defying you, that's not limiting you, because even though it's not natural to walk on water when he gives you permission you can defy logic you can defy understanding and you can move where nobody else can move faith is never threatened by its environment just like when i was receiving the offering i had a a threatening environment because i didn't feel no faith in the building that we're going to build this thing and you just got to do it. You just got to keep proclaiming it. You just got to keep declaring it. Because faith is never bound to your senses. It's beyond your senses. It's beyond your taste, your smell, your touch. It's beyond your hearing. It's beyond, how many is that? Four? Four? Touch, taste, smell, hear, touch. I say touch twice. Say touch twice and you get six. Seeing. Seeing. Thank you, Adi. Seeing. We walk by faith and not by sight. Yeah, there we go. That's the big one. Smell. Thank you, Miguel. Miguel did a demonstration of smell. I got it. So when you come, I'm about to preach. Y'all getting ready? Oh, I'm about to turn this thing loose. When you come into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God carries within itself its own culture. It's not like the culture that you were born out of. When God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, he didn't just bring them out, but he brought them out to bring them in. It's not just enough to come out of something. you got to come into something. So when you became born again, you just didn't come out of sin. He's bringing you into freedom. He's bringing you into life. He's bringing you into godliness. He's bringing you into wholeness. So so when you understand it, faith has this culture, and it's a culture that doesn't function like the world that you operate in. When Jesus said, My kingdom has come, and if I cast this devil out, he wasn't saying that the world's culture is not there. He's just letting the world culture know that there is a superior culture to that culture. The world's culture said the man's going to be blind, dumb, and mute. The world's culture says that he's always going to be possessed. Some people would call him mentally deranged, however you want to philosophize But at the end of the day, the Bible says Jesus cast out a spirit. Jesus is letting us know that the world that you live in still exists, but there's a greater kingdom that's in that world that has superior power over that world. And you can operate in that dimension. Okay, so, so the church now, the church, we the people, we become the agent. Of God's kingdom, that's what we are. We're agents in the kingdom of God that releases the will of God into the earth. The kingdom of heaven is an invisible. Is an invisible force. It's something that you cannot see. It's, it's and so the church becomes the visible of the invisible. The kingdom of heaven is not visible where you can see it, it's invisible. But you can see the effects when you find an agent that's working in it. So the church becomes the visible representation of that which is not seen. Because faith is the ability to believe. It's the invisible confidence that something exists other than what you presently see. So when there's, when there's healing that needs to be done, I don't just see sickness, I see the power of God. When I need a breakthrough in my life, I don't just see obstacles and barriers. I don't just see winds and waves. I see the breakthrough. I see the breakthrough of God coming in and dismantling principalities and powers and rulers and demons. It was something that I had to, maybe I had to, that's why he said, you got to repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus said, you have to repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, the word matineo, that means you have to change the way you look at something. You have to change the way you feel about something. to change your mind over what you are presently looking at because if all you look at is the waves, if all you look at at the wind and the circumstances, you're going to be bound to a boat that Jesus has given you permission to walk away from. I just clap for myself right there. That's good. Just preach on. I'm trying. We got Labor Day-itis going on right now. I feel it. Therefore, part of the responsibility of leadership is to stimulate or to create a climate, a culture, a faith among the people of God. That's the priority of it, a climate or a culture that says we can believe God for anything. Got three amens. The rest of y'all are just like, oh, I don't know. It's a culture that says, I can believe God for anything. I won't say it again until I get at least 20%. It's a culture that says, I can believe God for anything. That's what it is. I can believe God for anything. Here's my problem, the way I see it. If I find it in the book, it's from me. If God didn't ever want there to be healing on the planet, he shouldn't have put it in his book. If he didn't want his children to break through and break out of bondages and and stuff, he should have never put it in his book. If he didn't want me to come out of the domain of darkness into his marvelous light, he should have never put it in his book. Because if I can find it in his book, the promises of God are yes and amen. I'm not backing off of what I already believe. So this will be on the screen for you. So God doesn't give us faith to make our life easier. He gives us faith to make our life effective. So you can live in this planet, so you can live in a system that's contrary to what you believe. That's why I, won't, I heard Chris and those guys talking about prayer time. How I many know that Jesus did not call, call us just to come and sit and ease our way into heaven? He called us to release heaven and the earth. Yeah? So he didn't call us to pray half-hearted prayers. Huh? We're not called to tie a knot at the end of the rope and hang on and hope something better comes along. We're not called to circle the wagons and hold the fort until the cavalry gets here. We are the cavalry. <laughs> Somebody says the cavalry coming? Yeah, we're here. <laughs> I used to love watching the more western movies, right when the fort was about to go down. Here comes the cavalry, yeah, but they're charging in. Praise the Lord. You know what? That ain't going to happen in your day. You are the Calvary. Amen. You better grab you a bugle and start blowing it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody said, "Was well, this the best it gets? It might be for you if that's where your mind is. <laughs> so when churches don't have a faith culture, all we do is we surrender territories, we surrender cities, we surrender everything that the enemy putting on us. We surrender it to the enemy because it always boils down to a lordship issue. What do you believe the most? The reason why the need for exercising our faith is because the world that we live in is fallen. It's a fallen world, and it's crying out for deliverance people that you work with, people in your family, they're crying out for deliverance. It's a world that is under the influence of an outlawed spirit, Satan himself. And all of creation has been subjected to the futility in hope that one day, one day, a remnant of righteous believers would rise and carry the conflict right back into the enemy's camp and say you can't stop what God has started. That's 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 where the church has to be. And I'm saying this over this house because the fight that we see in our world is coming to your neighborhood. It's coming to this neighborhood. You say, well, we just live in a small town. No, I'm telling you, the philosophies, the ideas, the agenda of the enemy is coming to your neighborhood. And if you just roll over and say, well, I hope it's going to go away, you are missing the boat. If you're just going to say, well, one day he's going to come and rescue us, you're missing the boat. Because Jesus is not on a rescue mission. He's coming back for a bride that's without spot and that's without wrinkle. He's coming back for a bride that's standing in its glory, that's looking at the enemy and saying, you can't came against me one way, but by the time I get through dealing with you, you're going to have to leave me in seven different ways because the greater one still lives on the inside of me in the midst of a fallen, gone crazy, can't understand it world. That's the world that we're living in. Society will never get any better. Society will always continue to plummet downhill. But what makes it better is we become leaven. We become light. We become salt. We become a city set on a hill. We begin to expose the world something to something different than they have ever seen in their life. I heard say, I was talking, this, 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 please don't don't try to make it political, but, but it don't bother me. People have said, you know, you get political, whatever. Politics is all in the Bible. So believe what you want to believe. But 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 somebody said, well, the, I don't like the government they're in. The, the government is a representation of the people, and, and 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 no matter how you want to look at, it, if it was stolen and whatever, 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 it's still it's still it's still the government we have is the government we want. And I'm not saying that's the majority. I'm just saying that's a part of it. But in the kingdom of God, you got to raise up people of God who fear God more than they do men. And then God puts those kind of people in offices because they can't be bought out. They're not for sale. They're not career whatever. They're in there because they have an assignment. They're in there because they have an agenda. So they begin to rule in righteousness. And when it goes well with the righteous, the Bible says that the city rejoices. So let me, let me hurry because we've got we to gotta get all this going on. Are y'all doing all right? I'm not even halfway through, but I'm going to get there, okay? Okay, thank you. In this hour, somebody shout this hour, hour. God is equipping, I'm just going to call it the way he speaks it to me. I'm not saying that maybe, I don't want you to be offended by the term, but, you know, get out of your emotions if you are. (laughs) God is equipping a new breed of warriors who are getting battle ready. It's a new breed of warriors. You can't talk me out of the promises of God. You can't, you can't offend me away from the promises of God. People tell me, well, I'm, I, I heard this not too long ago. Well, I'm just church hurt. I don't want to go back because I'm church hurt. I'm saying, what about family hurt? What about job hurt? You, you're going to walk right back up in that job. You know why? Because you get a paycheck. So what you're telling me is you're for sale. What's your price? So I'm not going to, I can't go to church because I'm church hurt. And I'm not saying there's, there's abuse in churches. I get all that. But I'm saying at the end of the day, your identity is not in a pulpit. Your identity is not in the name of a church. Your identity is in the sonship of Jesus Christ. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. So you have to begin to wrap, wrap your mind around who you are in Christ. Yeah. It's a breed of warriors. Because there are certain things, certain things that can only be built in the fight. Some of you wouldn't be near as strong as you are today spiritually had you not went through what you went through. You wouldn't be standing on the ground that you're standing on had you not went through what the enemy meant for harm, but God turned it around and brought some good out of it. In fact, every now and then, you just ought to go to somebody who tried to mess you up and just say, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for what you did to me. Thank you for what you put me through. Thank you for lying on me. Thank you for cheating on me. Thank you for overlooking me. Thank you because it pressed me in to a dimension of God that I would have never got had you not have done that in my life. So I'm not mad. I'm not offended. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you being used by the devil. <laughs> Thank you for letting the enemy work against you to make me better. You, 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 know, you know why Saul pursued David for like for like 16 years? He pursued him, trying to kill him. And David, although David was anointed to be king, David was established to be king, but David would not take the kingship from Saul because he knew that you can't touch God's anointed. So all David did was run from Saul. And you know know the reason why God put a Saul in David's life? It's so that when David hit his high point, he wouldn't become a Saul. Some of you wondering why you're going through what you're going through. It's because God's not going to let you turn out to be like the one who's after you. Yeah. My God, I feel like preaching right there. Some of the things that you're walking through right now, you ought to just throw up a glory. A hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for the pursuit of my enemy because it's teaching me not to be like that. Mm. Good Lord of mercy. I could throw this mic and run. Oh man, I feel that to my bones. That's why sometimes God puts you in environments and scenarios. That after after a little while, you don't like your surroundings. You don't like, because what God's doing is he's pressing in on you. He's touching those areas of your life that you refuse to deal with. So God says, that's all right. I'll put you in an environment, and I'll make that environment press in on you. And you're just looking to leave. You're looking to get out. You're looking to quit. You're looking to throw in the towel. But God said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm just going to press on you because there's things in that environment that's drawing things out of you that you would not have gotten had I not put you there. Some of you don't like the job you're on. You know what? Just praise God through it because promotion doesn't come from the north or the south. Promotion doesn't come from the men. Promotion comes from the Lord. So God will put you with that nasty so-and-so just to develop you. Well, they don't treat me right. Get with the program. The world ain't going to treat you right. Somebody said, why is he hollering? That's just the way I preach. Man, I don't like it. I, I, oh, here, here, here you go. I need another man. <laughs> well, if you're dating them, maybe so. But if you're married, sorry. You married them. Okay. Okay, that one just hit like rock bottom. Like, <laughs> let, me, let me show you just one scripture real quick. Look with me in Psalms. 23. Oh, my Lord, I ain't going to get to my points. Hallelujah. Did y'all bring a lunch? <laughs> Somebody said, no, don't plan on eating here either. Psalms 23. Yeah. Psalms 23, verse number 5. This is, this is what God does. He says, you prepared a table before me in the presence of Of my enemies. Mm. You don't like your enemies? Maybe God put you down there with them. Because there's things in your life that ain't right. So God says, I got to work it out. You just can't keep jumping ship when you get tired of it. (laughs) Because the problem is, wherever you go, there you are. In the presence of my enemies, look what he does. You've anointed my head with oil and my cup overflows. Hallelujah. Woo, that means there's life coming out of me in the presence of my enemies. I'm more anointed when I'm sitting in front of my enemies when I'm not doing anything else. He said, you put a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This is what happens. God prepares the table and he does it right in the midst of the people that don't like you. Hmm. The table is a place of nourishment. It's the place of relationship. The table is the place of fellowship. The table is the place of feeding. It's a place of strength. It's a place of interaction. It's a place of closeness. So here at this table, Watch me now. Here at this table, in the presence of my enemy, I started to set up a table in here, but I knew we were running out of time. Right here, and I was going to make somebody beat the devil. Right here at this table is me, God, and my enemies. I don't like this table. You don't have a choice. I thought God was just going to give me good things. He does. It comes out of you. So here at this table, in the midst of your enemies, it's the place of intimate fellowship where you get to experience God on a level like you have never known. Come on, Jesus walking on the water. I'm about to experience an encounter with God that I've never I know He's the Son of God, but he's putting me at a place that I can't do nothing about my surroundings. I can't do nothing about who's sitting at my table other than the way I respond to who's with me at my table. I could respond to my enemy who's putting all kind of hate on me. I can respond to my enemy who's saying all kinds of things against me, but I have to make sure that I don't lose vision, that I don't lose insight, that I don't lose intimacy, that I don't lose dialogue with the one who is sitting at the table with me just because we're in the company of the wind that's contrary. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. What happens is for believers, this is where we have to watch it because He sits us at a table. If we're not careful, we get so occupied with everything at our table but Him. We would call that in our vernacular a distraction. That's what happened to Peter. He's walking in the realm of the impossible. He got distracted by what was at the table other than Jesus. Oh, my Lord. He got his eyes on the wind. He got his eyes on the way. He got distracted by momentary afflictions. He got distracted by the things that he had no control over. He didn't invite it. He didn't say, come and sit with us. It just came. It happened. It's a storm. Some of you are going through a storm, but don't let the storm distract you. Just because the enemy is present doesn't mean that he is not. Yes. Woo. I'm about to beat a hole in this platform. We're going to have to put some forcing plywood up in here. Because the moment you get distracted, you end up defining your circumstances based on what you see rather than by what you are. I don't just possess faith, faith possesses me. My faith ain't a theory, my faith is not a church service. My faith is rooted, is grounded in what Jesus did on Calvary. And it wasn't just enough that he died because there was a lot of crucifixions in the days of Jesus. Romans were killing Christians everywhere. That was a normal part of it. But what separated Jesus not was the fact that he died, but was the fact that he got back up again. That's what I'm rooted in. Life and power flowing through me. Not careful, we'll end up defining our circumstances by the enemies that are present rather than by the one who is seated with us. Seems to me like I read somewhere that we are seated with him in heavenly places. That means everything that's under him is under me. <laughs> There's actually a place and fellowship in Him that causes our enemies and their attacks and all the evil situations to be irrelevant. In reality, let me say it this way, in reality, it's not that they're not there, it's just that they don't matter. Oh, you should have threw a baby on that one right there (laughs) or a chair. Romans 8.31, if God be for us, who can be against us? It's not that nothing is against you. It's just that it don't have the right to have a vote or influence over you. Everybody in here is walking through something. you got all kinds of things against you. It's not that it's not against you. It's just that it don't have the influence over me. Those problems, come on, wind; Those trials, come on, waves; They have no ability to determine a conclusion of the situation. If God is God and he's Lord over all, he's already predetermined what it should look like for me on the other side. So my fight is not to agree with what's at the table with me, but agree with who's at the table with me. Oh, my Lord. I said this on prayer meeting, uh, uh, when did we pray? Tuesday nights? I said this on prayer meeting Tuesday night. My enemies, my enemies may be prevalent, but they are not relevant. Ain't nobody over here clapping. I just said, thank you all right here. This it's gonna hate me, I guess. I ain't gonna say amen now for nothing. I'm trying to help us to understand that the warfare over your life is going to increase. Just because you love God, don't mean it's going to slow it down. You just got to become more reckoning. You got to just become a little bit more sensitive to who's at the table with you, and not is what is at the table against you. Amen. Amen. Peter makes this crazy announcement. He said, Lord, if that's you, let me do the unthinkable. Lord, if that's you, let me step out of the boat of familiarity and comfort and walk into a realm that makes no sense at all. Ooh, how many are ready to make that journey? I mean, just like like it don't, it don't make no sense right here. It don't make no sense in my head. It don't make no sense in what I'm going through. But you know what? I'm going to initiate the movement of God with my faith. And you know what? Jesus could have said a thousand things like, no, Peter, this, 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 this power is only for me. No, Peter, I'm the only one. I'm the only one out of heaven that can walk on water. This power ain't for nobody else. I'm just letting you see me walk on water. No, but Jesus steps beyond to the level of his faith. Jesus moves into a dimension because if you're just tired of seeing him as one-dimensional God, you're going to get bored with that one dimension. But Jesus saying, you know what? I'm going to let you explore a dimension in me that defies logic, that defies understanding, and I'm going to give you permission to go where nobody else can go. I'm going to let you walk where nobody else can walk. I'm going to let you move in places and dimensions in me. I'm going to let you experience me on a level that defies everything about your humanness whoo i'm telling you that's what god's calling the church to be god's calling the church get out of your boat of familiarity get out of your boat of sameness get out of your boat of comfort and say you know what lord let me initiate something and if you don't want me to come then i'll just deal with the consequences where i'm at but if you're going to give me permission i refuse to stay tied to what everybody else is seeking in I refuse to stay bound up to what everybody else is fighting. I'm about to get up out of this boat, and I'm about to defy logic. I'm going to defy human understanding, and I am going to make a demand where things are not normal. I'm going to make a demand where the power of God can flow. Come on, if you believe that, you better get up on your feet. I better quit. Come on, give God praise. I got to quit. I got to quit. Just come on, Pastor Porter. Nobody needs to come. Just come on, Pastor Porter. We're good. Just come on up here if you don't mind. Just, just remain standing. Let me, let me get this right here. Oh, my Lord. Huh. Huh. There's a book by, uh, she really served like a missionary in World War II in Nazi Germany. She was getting, saving a lot of the Jews, the Holocaust survivors, keeping them from being Holocaust survivors. Her name is Corey Tim Boone. She wrote a book many years ago called, I think the name of the title was Under the Shelter of the Almighty or something like that. It's really based out of Psalms 91 where it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadows. Of the Almighty. And in that book, I remember reading it years ago, and in that book, Corey makes this statement. She said, Sometimes it's dark because He's so close. Many times it's the nearness of His presence that causes things not to be so focused. He who abides in the shadow, the dark places of the Almighty. Sometimes it don't look so good out there. Sometimes it looks so dark out there. Maybe it's because you're so close to Him. My nearness of Him means more to me than what's against me. He's seated at the table. A focus has to be redirected, not at my enemies, not at the waves, not at the contrary. Don't lose focus. I believe in this place today. There's people in this building under the sound of my voice. It's Just like in the days of Jehoshaphat when they were surrounded by five different kings that were coming up out of the east to destroy Judah. Jehoshaphat makes his prayer. He says, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. See, when, when, when you're in it, and you don't know what to do, just don't break focus who's in it with you. I may not know what to do, but I know where to put my eyes. I may not can figure it out, but I know what I can look to. Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes. I can't afford, and neither can you, can't afford to be distracted by something that's contrary. Because all it is, it's an invitation to find God at a deeper level. I don't know about you, but I'm going after him. Come on, just lift your hands all over the building. Would you make that a surrender today? Will you just surrender that today? Just say, God, here I am. I'm surrendering it. It's always a lordship issue. It, it always is. Who are you submitted to? What are you submitted to? Come on, I feel the Holy Spirit. We got about 5 minutes and we're going to walk up out of here. We're going to pray over these folks that are getting licensed or ordained, but don't miss this moment because you're weary, you're tired, you're frustrated, you're you're aggravated. It's 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 those are all the symptoms. Never Make a quality decision in frustration. Never begin to move in places and make life-changing decisions when you're when you're in an insecure place. Just begin to put your eyes on Him. Focus. Put it all. Put it back on Him and say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Right here. In the name of Jesus. Come on. I feel. Just like in the days of David, he said, my cup's going to overflow. I've been anointed. Come on. I feel a fresh anointing for the battle, a fresh anointing for the winds, a fresh anointing that's moving. It's moving. It's moving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thou has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and my head has been anointed with oil, and my cup, my cup overflows. There is a sustaining power. There is a sustaining anointing that's moving me through it now in the name of Jesus. Come on, if that's you, just make about a 30-second declaration and say, God, in the name of Jesus. God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I capture my focus. I capture the intents of my heart. In the name of the Lord, let me walk where other people have failed. Let me move. Let me move in dimensions that are greater than what I could ever realize apart from you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come on, the boat of familiarity can't hold you. Come on, the boat of comfort can't hold you. The boat of resistance can't hold you. It can't hold you. You're built for something better. You're stronger than what you're in. You're better than what you're going through. In the name of Jesus, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, we just speak that now over people's hearts and lives. Secure the low places. Secure the hard places.